Hello there, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman, and you're listening to Exploring Different Brains. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Today we have the privilege of speaking with Catherine Pasquas. And Catherine is the producer and host of the Autism Podcast and the author of the new book, Autism Activities Handbook. Hi, Catherine. Hacky, it's so great to be here. Thanks. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and tell us about yourself? Sure. So I've been a special educator for kids on the spectrum for the past eight years, and I'm also a freelance writer. So when I'm not thinking about autism or working with kids on the autism spectrum, I'm writing. And um, like you mentioned, I've been working on my first book, The Autism Activities Handbook, uh, to help parents and teachers with fun activities that kids can do, um, kids on the spectrum can learn and grow from. And Mostly, I'm known in the autism community for running the Autism Show podcast. It's a free weekly interview show, and every episode we highlight a different autism expert or change maker, and um, the show helps families and educators um, stay up to date on what's happening in the autism community. Now, I understand that the, the illustrator for your book is an artist with autism themselves. Is that true? Yes, so we have uh, a few illustrations in, in the handbook, and we're so excited to, to be able to have him on board. His name um, is, is Rob, and um, Robert Bull, and, and he um, is an adult on the autism spectrum. He's from um, my hometown here in Vancouver, and um, I was so lucky to connect with his sister, who actually made this project happen. He's an illustrator for his own book. He and his sister... Um, made a, an ABC book for, chi for children um, on the spectrum, and he illustrated that book. So that's how I found out about his art artistic abilities. Tell us how you got into neurodiversity. Yeah, so um, I have a cousin who was actually diagnosed with autism when he was four years old, and I started working with him, and I was trained to do ABA therapy with him uh, when he was young. And this sparked my interest to work with, with children on the spectrum. So after him, I worked with several families and, and their children who are, who are on the spectrum. And um, he's one of the biggest inspirations for the work that I do. And um, one time when I was working um, with a child who, who, was, who had a big artistic ability and um, we, we were trained as ABA therapists to, I guess, work on work on more of his weaknesses than his strengths. And I remember seeing Temple Grandin one time on a TED Talk, and she was giving a, a talk about neurodiversity. And that's how I first got introduced to the topic of neurodiversity. And um, now when I work with kids on the spectrum, it's, it's in everything I do. I've, I've interviewed a lot of neuro, neurodiversity um, advocates like you, Hacky, and um, it's been a journey. And how did you get the, uh, the podcast uh, show started? Yeah. So I was working with uh, children on the spectrum, and I wasn't feeling very fulfilled working with, with kids one-on-one. -on -one. I was doing um, behavior, behavioral-based therapy, and I thought I was missing a bigger picture to what autism meant. And um, so at the time, I was listening to a lot of podcasts, and I decided to, to start my own podcast. And I thought it would be a great way to talk to autism experts and people who devote their lives and careers to, to learning more about autism and, and now that the show's been running for um, two years, more than two years, um, I've learned so much along the way. Oh, that's great. That's great. Tell us more about your, your book, the, uh, the Autism Activities Handbook. 
So um, it's, a, it's a handbook uh, with fun step-by-step activities um, using simple materials that you can find around your house. And these games and activities are meant to help kids communicate more, make friends, and learn life skills. So they work on the core, core aspects that many kids on the spectrum struggle with on a day-to-day basis. And like I mentioned, there's illustrations by our autistic artist. And, um, and yeah, it'll cover the three core areas. And some of the examples of the activities in the books in the book are activities that will help kids eat more of a variety of foods. And there's also um, fun games and ideas in there for playdates. I know a lot of parents um, and educators struggle with, with ideas uh, to work with kids on the spectrum, especially when there's a play date involved. Tell us about some of the guests you've had on the uh, autism show. Yeah, so we've had a variety of guests on the show. Every episode is a different topic. And we've had uh, educational shows. We've had more inspirational shows as well. So for example, we have, um, we have an expert on weighted blankets. She wrote a book about weighted blankets this is Kara Kaczynski uh, from The Pocket Occupational Therapist. Um, she, she researched a lot about weighted blankets and how it helps people in the autism community. And we have her on an upcoming episode of The Autism Show. And um, for more inspirational guests, we have had, um, we've had Jacob Velasquez's parents. So Jacob Velasquez is um, a piano prodigy. He's eight years old and we've had his parents on, it, on the show to talk about his journey and we even had him play um, some piano at the end of the podcast. So that was a really exciting show to do. Which do you get more enjoyment out of teaching, training, doing the podcast, doing an interview like this? What gives you the most joy? Um, I can't give either one up. I like doing both. Um, over the summer, I, I did a summer camp with, with children on the spectrum. And um, it was exciting bringing things that I had learned from the podcast to the table, working with them. So I can't say that I enjoy one over the other. I think they're both um, really a big part of my life. Now, did you start your own camp or did you work with someone else? No, I worked with a, with a camp here locally in Vancouver, where I'm from. Um, yeah, it was my own camp. One day I'll be my own camp. But yeah, it was part of a bigger nonprofit organization. Tell us about your educational background, Catherine. Sure. Um, so I, I was initially interested in becoming a dentist, actually. And um, I was studying sciences for my undergraduate. And at this time, um, my cousin was diagnosed with autism. And that's when I started working with him. I actually started working with him and other families in order to help pay for, for my education and, and pay to stay in school. And um, I started getting really interested in autism and what was going on in the brains of autistic individuals and people on the autism spectrum. So I, I did an, a program called Integrated Sciences, where I kind of designed my own major in university. And um, I, wrote up a, I wrote up a proposal asking the university to um, asking them if I could study um, people on the spectrum and what's going on in the brain. So I kind of uh, made my own degree, and that's kind of what sparked my interest in autism. So um, I have, yeah, I have that degree in int integrated sciences, and I've also done a bit of research um, 
a bit of research as an intern in cancer research labs. So my background is in, is in uh, medical research and things like that. Very interesting. What do you think is the biggest single thing, if there is something, that you think that people in general don't get about autism? The biggest thing that people don't get. Um, I think the biggest thing um, when I meet people is that the biggest misconception that I find people mention is that they think that they're not capable, that people on the autism spectrum are not capable of integrating society or using their skills to help society. So for example, I remember I was giving um, a talk to someone, to someone in the audience um, about the Autism Show podcast and what my idea was and where I wanted this project to go. And I was talking to them about um, the books I wanted to publish. And I mentioned the Autism Activities Handbook and how I wanted an autistic, um, an autistic artist to illustrate the book. And I had this person, I had one person in the audience say, I don't think it's a really good idea or I don't think it would be very professional to have an autistic artist. Maybe you should look at a real professional. And I was stunned at that comment. I mean, that's the total opposite of what I want with the Autism Show podcast and with what I'm doing. The people on the autism spectrum are so capable of, of, of being part of society and using their strengths and skills. And I think more, more people need to support that. What are some of the differences based on your understanding between a place like Vancouver and versus where I am in Fort Lauderdale, Florida in the United States? The differences in terms of, in terms of resources for, for the autism community? Yes. Yes. Um, well, I think um, in places like here, uh, Canada, the U.S., Australia, uh, the U.K. as well, which is the majority of our listeners for the Autism Show, we're so lucky in that there are so many resources available. Um, I guess most of the resources are for for kids, kids, um, and there's some for teenagers, but there's less and less for adults. Um, but in places like Southeast Asia, where I spent the last six months learning about autism and the resources available there, they're, they're really behind and um, they're doing things a little differently there. So there's not too much of a, of a difference between, I'd say, Canada and the U.S. Maybe in the U.S. There's, there's, um, they're more open to, to different therapies that are going on and different ideas. In Canada, it's very behavioral-based still. So... Yeah, those are some of the differences. And what's it like over in Southeast Asia as regards the autism community and neurodiversity? Uh, neurodiversity is a bit more challenging there because I guess part of the culture, many parents, if they have a child on the spectrum or with any other condition, um, they're afraid to go in the community. Um, there's a little bit more of a stigma involved if you have a child who, who has a condition and who may not be seen as typical. So I, I talked to some of the people that are working in the community over there. Um, one of the biggest challenges there is, is how to get parents and, and their kids out in the community. What are your career goals at this time? I'd like to continue what I'm doing with the Autism Show podcast. I think um, one of the most exciting things about it is that um, I get to share 
three resources, and um, I get to share the stories of inspiring people. These are people that are dedicating their lives and careers to autism and moving the community forward. And the great thing about um, the podcast medium is that we have we have we have sorry <laughs> we have people in Africa, um, in Southeast Asia as well, in different parts of the world that are taking these resources and bringing it to their communities as well. So it's a great forum to um, to get to get the word out there about the amazing things that people are doing in the autism community and how they're changing changing lives. How is the Autism Show podcast distributed? Yeah, so the easiest way to listen to the Autism Show podcast is to find it at your favorite podcast directory or go to www.autismshow.org. We have all 75 episodes up on there. You can listen to the Autism Show podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and your favorite podcast directories. Oh, cool. Do you have any idea as to how many downloads there have been? Yeah, we've had about um, 40,000 downloads. Wow, so that's it's, a lot of It's downloads. been growing slowly but steadily, yeah. That's great. That's great. Is there anything we here at differentbrains.com can do to help you to mainstream the work that you're doing? It would be great to partner with uh, Different Brains and get more, more neurodiversity advocates. I know I've, I've looked at your show and you have some amazing people on your show who, who are doing amazing things for the autism community. I, I recently um, saw the interview with the dentist and the work that he's doing. And I saw the artist that you mentioned, Michael Tolleson, I think his name is. Um, so it'd be great to, to have them on the show as well. And yeah, maybe if we can highlight um, neurodiversity episodes on different brains as well, that would be wonderful. Well, great. And we're so lucky to be speaking with you Catherine Pasquas, because you're doing great, great things, great things. How does our audience uh, find out more about you? Yeah, to find out more about me, the best way is to go to autismshow.org, and we have information on there about how you can contact me if you'd like to be on the Autism Show podcast yourself. And also you'll find more information about the Autism Activities Handbook, which um, has just come out. And you can find that in Amazon. Um, if you go to Amazon and type Autism Activities Handbook, the book will pop right up. Nice. The Autism Activities Handbook. That's right. All right. And the Autism Show Podcast. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Catherine, for all the parents or loved ones of someone with autism, what is the one piece of advice that you would have for them? My biggest piece of advice is to start looking at resources and organizations and people that are helping the autism community or young adults um, find employment, start their own business, and, and think about what they're going to do as they're getting older. Because I know um, when, when kids are younger, there's a big push towards academics and, and learning social skills, which is really important, but at the same time, a lot of uh, young adults are struggling with what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. How are they going to be independent? How are they going to make a living? And um, there's a few people that are that are really pushing this forward and, and doing more for the autism community in that sense. So um, if you have if you have a child uh, on the autism spectrum or if you're an educator, it, 
it's a great idea to start looking at these resources. Very well said, because all of the children turn into adults. Absolutely. And society, in our infinite wisdom, cuts back on all the resources the older we get. So it's a yeah. bit counterintuitive. What recommendation would you have for any of our viewers or listeners who want to get into the field of neurodiversity professionally? Professionally? Hmm. <laughs> I guess you can start taking my route, um, which is talking to the neurodiversity advocates out there. And um, that's the best way to start learning and start talking to people, read books. There's a big uh, book that came out last year called Neurotribes by Steve Silverman. I interviewed him on our show. And um, that's a great start to learning more about um, neurodiversity, I think. Could you speak a little bit more about some of the, um, the other famous and interesting guests you've had on your uh, podcast? Okay, so some of the other guests we've had on the show um, are a lot of autism authors. So we had Steve Silverman, who wrote uh, the book Neurotribes. We've had um, some, a lot of mom bloggers, actually, and they have really inspirational stories about where they started when their child was first diagnosed to where they are now and, and what they think of, and their advice to, to new parents on the autism spectrum. And we've had um, a father who started Minecraft for kids on the spectrum called Oddcraft. And we've had many adults on the spectrum talking about different topics. We've had... Um, We've had Stephen Shore on the show talking about uh, his work with the autism community. And we, we had Temple Grandin, which was really exciting, on the show as well. That's great. Uh, how is Areva Martin and Tanya Marshall on your show? They were really big names on our show. They were really popular guests. Um, we had Areva Martin talking about her, her book, um, which is How to Help Parents Be an Advocate for Their Child. Um, that was a great episode. We have had Tanya Marshall on the show twice now, I believe. And um, she does a lot of work with girls on the spectrum, girls and women on the spectrum. So those were really popular episodes. You know, from your point of view, tell us about some of the big differences between males on the spectrum versus females on the spectrum. Yeah, so most of the work that I've done has been with um, with young boys on the spectrum, but there has been some girls on the spectrum. And unfortunately, um, the symptoms of autism, I guess, if you can call them that, show up in boys more prominently. And a lot of the times the girls um, who are on the spectrum don't get as many resources devoted to them because maybe they're not diagnosed um, when they're younger. So now we're finding that a lot of um, adults that are women are getting diagnosed later in life. Um, and now there's more of a push for resources for women um, and girls on the spectrum. So it's great to see uh, the change happening. What advice would you have for a young woman recently diagnosed with Asperger's or autism spectrum? I would tell them to seek out um, communities that are helping uh, young adults or young women on the autism spectrum. So I know there is um, a girl there's a company called A Girl With Curly Hair, and she does a lot of work for, for women um, on the spectrum. She's on the spectrum herself. Um, people like Tanya Marshall, they're doing wonderful work uh, with women and girls on the spectrum as well. So definitely seek out those resources that are, are maybe more relevant to you and your diagnosis. Catherine, I would like to ask you some more about Southeast Asia because 
somebody like myself is very culturally limited. I don't, you know, I live down here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm not a big traveler except when I go to speak in different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I, tr- I traveled a bit more back when I was boxing, you know, I, you know, because I would fight in different places. But uh, give us a sense, if you could, in a little more detail about what it's like there in uh, Southeast Asia, where you spent six months recently. Yeah, so I spent six months there, and initially I went to Bangkok, and um, I gave a presentation at a special needs school there. So it's a private school, mostly for um, for children whose parents are expats. So mostly from the UK, I guess, from from India that are living in Bangkok because their parents are working there, and um, they send these their special needs kids, mostly kids on the autism spectrum, to to this private school called the Village Education School. And I gave a presentation there about what I'm doing with the podcast. And they're working now um, um, starting a cafe um, for for young adults on the spectrum to learn vocational training and things like that um, at this new cafe. So it's an exciting project they're doing. So um, I found that a lot of the resources there are, are very different for the local people, are very different from, from what's normal in, in Canada, the U.S. and the U.K. Um, so... For children, um, when they get a diagnosis, it's all done through the hospital. Um, when they're getting speech therapy services, things like that, it's all done through the hospital. Um, they're not really going into their homes and things like that. So it's a little bit different in that sense. And also it depends on the country. So I was in um, Cambodia and there's there's a lot less resources there. There's only one hospital that's dealing um, with autism spectrum disorders in the whole country. So. Oh. Yeah, the resources vary, definitely. There, the Trailblazing 2016, which will take place, it's a one-day conference will take place uh, here in Fort Lauderdale in September, is based on exploring and helping the entrepreneurial businesses of those of us who have unique abilities and certain challenges, as opposed to trying to fit in in the, quote, normal workplace kind of thing. Uh, is there much going on in Canada in the entrepreneurial space for uh, the neurodiverse? Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of small business projects coming about. So um, there's this one example. I think it's in Alberta. Um, it, there's a small business called Made by Brad. And Brad, I think he's 26 or 27. He's a young man on the autism spectrum. And um, him and his dad and, and his support workers started Made by Brad. And what they do is... They help people that buy things from Ikea or buy any type of furniture that needs to be built. And if a client or if someone, a customer, buys furniture and they don't have time or the energy or they just don't want to build the furniture themselves, they'll call Made by Brad and Brad, he'll go to their house and or, or to the school or to the company and, and build the stuff for them. So I think that's a, that's a great example of a small business that's happening and Brad is now part of the community, and I think um, he's really excited about what he's doing. You know, you touched upon a very interesting thing before, Catherine, that sometimes we as parents get so caught up in the academics and behavior that we forget to ask the question early on, how is our kid going to make a living to maximize their chance at independence? whether that's going to be a trade or another way to monetize a skill. Um, The school systems in Canada 
set up in that way, or how does that work in Canada compared to the United States? Because in the United States, it's very one-size-fits-all, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I think in Canada, we have a very similar system, one-size-fits-all. So it's really, I, really the stories I hear about um, young adults on the spectrum doing their own small business, it's really because their parents are really championing the efforts for this to happen. So um, I think there, there needs to be some, some change in, in how the school systems run and more vocational training. And I think that's starting to happen, but um, it's a slow, slow movement forward. Well, it's been great speaking with you. We've been speaking with Catherine Pasquas from up in Vancouver. And Catherine is the host and the producer of the Autism Show podcast and also the author of the Autism Activities Handbook. Catherine, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us today and keep up the great work you're doing for so many. Hi, I love what you're doing. Uh, thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you very much, Catherine. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. We've been speaking with Catherine Pasquas, the host and the producer of the Autism Show podcast and also the author of the Autism Activities Handbook. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.com.